0: I made macaroni if you want some. I'm sorry, what? Well, I was starving and you took forever, so I wanted to make food. What do you want? Relax, Kate Bishop. I just want to talk, okay? Are you really not hungry? That fight was so long. It's really tasty, really tasty. Yeah, I know what boxed mac and cheese tastes like, okay? It's delicious. full of Welcome to issue 197 of the TomCast PopCast. My name is Tom. I want to thank you so much for checking out and listening to this quality, independent pop culture podcast. Please make sure you're following us on social media, at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. And again, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with all your friends, family, and loved ones for this joyous holiday season. (laughs) Welcome aboard. We are back to review the fifth the penultimate episode of marvel's hawkeye airing exclusively on disney plus and you know if you've been with us thus far with all the all the marvel disney shows that are airing i think you know my feelings about the penultimate episodes very often these fifth episodes these these sort of uh, a denouements if you will uh and, end up being so good and so just chuck full of delightfulness and end on such cliffhangers in, in a sense not like a dramatic, super dramatic cliffhanger very often. But again, with, with a revelation or some new piece of information that's like, oh my gosh, I have to know what happens next. I have to know. I have to see. And that is exactly what we got with this episode of Hawkeye. The fifth episode titled Ronin. Once again, directed by Bert and Birdie, And they've been doing a phenomenal job. I don't think we've talked about the direction of this show. But Bert and Birdie have been absolutely killing it with this series. And I have been really just blown away. By everything going on in the show, this show has su- completely surpassed all my expectations, and and I've been so delighted to see a much more ground level take on the MCU, basically. And and you know we're following the tracksuit mafia and, and Maya and her her control of the of the of the, of the tracksuit mafia and this burgeoning kind of criminal empire that she has. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. And again, the big revelation at the end of this episode, which we're definitely going to talk about, uh, full bore full bore but you know before we do that we want to thank the most important people this holiday season the official members of Poppin nation who keep this show afloat keep us happy keep us joyous keep our stockings stuffed with goodies and you can become one of those members if you want to head over to patreon.com forward slash you can join the nation and gain access to sweet bonus content thank you to our current patreons the aspen hill chody the batman abejo jeff nail jeff still co-hosting that rainier podcast they do great music stuff check them out Thanks Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Holly Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pride Brewing Company here in San Diego, California, and coming very, very soon to Baltimore, Maryland if their Instagram is to be believed. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, and of course, the Silent Assassin, he who shall not be named. Thank you all so much, and I hope everyone is doing well and uh, having a great holiday season. So, yes, it's that time. You know what we have to do. You have to sit down. You have to buckle up. You hold on to your butts. And you buckle up again. Because we're talking Hawkeye, episode five, Ronin. Are you done? Yeah. I go? Sure can. I can put hot sauce on it? Mm. Oh, I love hot sauce. Yes. So what do you want? Well... It's my first time in New York. Mm-hmm. But it's a business trip, so time is limited. But I do want to see some things. I want to see uh, the Empire State Building, uh, the new and improved Statue of Liberty, and the Rockefeller Center. <laughs> Very funny. All right, let's start with that opening sequence. We go back to 2018. A reminder, basically, that, that the, tw- the Marvel Universe is currently in the future. <laughs> and we catch up with Yelena, basically, Yelena Belova, sister of Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow. We catch up with her basically after the end of the Black Widow feature film, where she's doing exactly what she said she'd be doing. She's going around and she's freeing other Black Widows from the brainwashing, from the mind control, from Dracoff. And that's how this episode starts, with uh, the, the attempt to... Uh, free another Black Widow who uh, apparently is already free, and we find out is is l- making this amazing living not as as some the prisoner, the sex doll, the sex doll of some you know rich sadist or something like that. No, no, no. She's using her skills to make herself profitable. She is a hired assassin. Uh, and then, as if that's not a shocking enough revelation for Yelena, yes, as, as they're talking, she excuses herself, goes to the bathroom, washes her hands, and that is when the most the most uh, um, a pivotal moment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe happens, the snap, and we see what happens to Yelena. And what I really liked about the sequence was that we get to see this in a way that we haven't really seen before. It, you know, again referred to as as the as the blip. We that's exactly what we see. We see Yelena blip out and then blip back, and then the walls, the features in this room, in this bathroom, in this house change around her as she comes back to the reality again what's what's seconds to her is five years to the rest of the world so she comes back to this house and Anna's life is completely different now and she is is blown away by the revelations that that she's hearing from Anna about what has occurred and what's been going on for the past five years and um what, what is we end with with Galena deciding that she must go and find her sister and that we all know the tragic fate. Of Natasha Romanoff at this point so that's the way this episode starts and I thought it was wonderful and I love it and it forces us to sort of again recontextualize Natasha's choices in Endgame we talked about it before many people, the internet runs asunder with people <laughs> with, who think that Hawkeye should have been the one that, to make the sacrifice to die, Black Widow should have lived because again, Black Widow more of a fan favorite ScarJo more of a fan favorite than, than Hawkeye and Jeremy Renner Again, you can you can support that argument. I believe that Natasha's made these choices uh, for for a variety of reasons. And now we can also add into the mix there that we have to, we, again, we didn't know Gillian's fate during the blip, but it this stands to reason to make sense. Natasha says it in Endgame. She says that she lost everyone at the mo at that time when we saw that, when she says that line, we just assumed she meant like, you know, <laughs> her, her her Avengers family, right? You know, Clint's still out there, but he's running at this at this point. So he's not in contact with her. He's dealing with his grief of losing his family in the way that he is doing it, which keeps them at arm's length. So when Natasha needs him the most, he's not there, and her her sister, Yelena Belova, is also a victim of the snap, as we find out. So this contextualizes her decision even more so to make that sacrifice so that she can bring back her sister to, to bring uh, her widow family back to life in, in a way that we we don't know. You know. We don't know the fate of... Oh, Red Guardian, we don't know about her adopted mother. We don't know how, how they fared during the blip just yet. But the loss of her sister, you know, we see that, that bonding in the Black Widow movie. One of my favorite elements in that movie is Yelena and Natasha together and them sort of reconnecting, reforging their relationship with each other and, and sort of redefining their relationship. You know, for, for Natasha it was all a lie, but for Yelena it was, it was, it was all real. And Natasha has to, to you know, reconcile that. And then maybe stop lying to herself about how she felt about that period when they were spies in America in the in the eighties and nineties. Uh, so I, I really like that opening. I think it it, it helps uh, change the framework of a lot of things as far as Natasha's decision making process in Endgame, why she did what she did as a character. You know, again, we don't know the behind the scenes stuff. Maybe maybe Scarjo was just like, ah, I'm done. I don't want to do any more Avengers movies. Whatever. You know. Or they were just going to move ahead. They wanted to bring Elena in. Who know? You know. Again, I, we're not privy to a lot of this behind-the-scenes detail work. But you want to make you want to understand why the characters make the choices that they make. And again, now we're getting some more information to put that in a new framework. And I really, really appreciated that, and really, really respected that. This episode is notable for the sense in in, in the sense that Hawkeye himself, Clint Barton, Hawkeye, uh, takes very much a back seat. He has pivotal moments in this episode. Do not mistake that. But this episode really gets to focus on Yelena as a character as, as we find her in this new world. Now, again, we don't have any any um, idea what she's doing with the Contessa at this point. We still not have seen a, a, an appearance by Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Contessa, as Contessa de Fontaine. And we're, we're very curious about that. But we know that, yes, indeed, uh, Yelena is now selling her skill set to the highest bidder to get work done to make some money. You need to make that cash, and, and that's what she's doing. So that, that kind of puts us into where she's at at this current point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, again, we talked about last week. I didn't think Clint was right. I didn't think someone had hired a Black Widow assassin. I thought maybe this would be more of a personal vendetta. Uh, Yelena finally catching up with Clint as he sort of has resurfaced in New York. Not the case. There's more going on here. We'll talk about that. We'll get there. Again, big revelations. I, you, you've watched the episode, I hope, right? So we're you know we're not gonna we're not gonna blow your roof off. The, <laughs> we're not gonna blow the roof off your brain, are we? When we talk about what happened at the very very end. But I, I I love this episode. I loved Yelena tracking down Kate, waiting for Kate at her apartment, laying in wait, if you will, and and then having a conversation, making macaroni and cheese, and. Again, if you remember my review of Black Widow, you knew that I was very um, taken with uh, Florence Pugh's performance as Yelena Belova in that film. I really enjoyed it. I thought she brought a lot of fun uh, uh, characteristics to that particular character. Uh, a lot of fun distinguishing traits, if you will. And another one added to the mix, I knew I liked this character. You put hot sauce on your mac and cheese. It's just what you do. And the Sriracha, yeah, you go with the Sriracha, because ooh, it's real nice on mac and cheese, trust me. If you haven't done it, please do it. You are missing out on a full flavor train experience. You will not regret it, I promise. So yes, now I am a bigger fan of Yelena Belova, Black Widow, than I ever was because of the Sriracha connection with mac and cheese. So there you go. But a great a great conversation. I, I loved the way that Yelena is forcing Kate Bishop to, to kind of confront Clint uh and and all of his character flaws and the the deeds of his past you know this this notion that clint is some kind of great hero uh at least kate bishop believes that kate bishop knows the clint barton of the avengers that's sort of her frame of reference for who hawkeye is for who clint barton is and as we are reminded by elena clint has a past and it's a bloody past much like herself and her sister Uh, and we can't forget those deeds and The turn as Ronin has been very, very interesting because I'm very curious how we're going to shake things out, how we're going to kind of connect some dots here because in the Marvel comic book origins of Hawkeye, Hawkeye starts as a villain and Captain America is the one who turns him to the side of right. Um, I'm very curious if Clint has a very similar background in the MCU that we might get to touch on a little bit or if his turn as as a borderline villain is basically shrouded in his time as the Ronin. You know, when he's going around killing criminals and gangsters and, and, and uh, people of ill repute, if you will. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of wondering how we're going to tie that together, how we're going to play that up. But again, we know Clint has a past, whether it's as a secret weapon assassin for S.H.I.E.L.D. or if there's something more nefarious in his past before that even. You know, we'll, we'll hopefully get to that point. Um, obviously, his time is running. is coming up. And I also really, or uh, will, will be explored a little bit more fully, and has been through the series. What I really liked about Elena's conversation with Kate, though, is is sort of how she makes him makes Kate examine Clint's motivations for doing what he's doing. You know, I think for the for a while, at least at least from from my opinion, I don't know how you all felt about it. It felt like Clint was just kind of like cleaning up his affairs, tidying up the, the Ronin Ronan persona. And it's, it's, there's this dark chapter of his past. But Yelena presents something that I thought was also very, very interesting. The, the notion that he's cleaning this up, that he's tucking this away, that he's sweeping it under the rug, basically, to protect his reputation as an Avenger, which is something I thought was very, very interesting and I had not quite considered before. Uh, because obviously his time as Ronan, you know, we only know bits and pieces of it. We know he was killing uh, mafioso members, gangsters, criminals, that sort of people, but he was killing. And so... They seem to be making it a very big distinction between crossing that line of, of taking a life and, and protecting a life so i want to i want to see how they wrap that up i want to see how that's more explored more fully but i loved yelena confronting kate with that 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 yeah he was ronin and he killed people and 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 kate the way kate tries to reconcile it and explain it away i liked these characters having to force uh having to face this new bits new bits of information and he's forced them to examine their perceptions of who the Avengers are, who these characters, who these role models are. Uh, that and, you know, go back to the first episode. The title of the first episode: "Never Meet Your Heroes." You know, Kate meets her hero. She idolizes Hawkeye. She she is based her life on archery because of Hawkeye, and that's sort of what motivates her to go and go back to her apartment and and force her way back into that 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 partnership that she's been trying to forge with Clint, despite her. Uh, his rejection of her at the end of last week's episode is like she put her life into this and she's going to see it through, sort of reaffirming that dedication to to the choices that she's made to pursue archery and, and in, in a sense, uh, the heroism that Hawkeye has displayed, at least from what she's been able to see of all the characters. So, I, I, again, I love that, that chat, them talking. I loved that these two female characters sit down and have a conversation. It's not a exchange of fisticuffs and quick kicks to the head and and things like that. Like, no, 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 you sit down and you chat. Obviously, the comfort level of Kate Bishop is what makes the scene sort of uh, comedic because Yelena, obviously, very casual, very relaxed, very confident in the fact that Kate Bishop will not be getting the drop on her. Uh, And and whenever Kate seems to insinuate that she could have, you know, defeated Yelena, Yelena just laughs it off. It's like, Kate Bishop, you're so funny. And (laughs) I really, really enjoyed that sequence. Uh, uh, from the moment they go to the apartment to to the to the Mac and cheese conversation, and then again, Yelena forcing Kate to confront uh, the idea that Clint is not this this role model that she has painted him to be. Really, really enjoy that. Uh, the other big chunk of this episode is, is dedicated to to Clint's plan to sort of tie up loose ends. We've been getting things hinted at for a long time now. That, that there's more going on here. There's a bigger picture. They're, they're worried about getting the, drawing the attention of someone else. That all comes to a head in this one. And, and, and Clint's trying to finish business. He doesn't want to have to kill Maya. He wants Maya to stop this pursuit of Ronan. Do not follow Clint. Do not come after his family. And he's hoping that he can persuade her with his words. And by giving her some vital information that maybe she didn't have. That maybe her father uh was ratted out by someone inside his organization and and who would want that to happen and why would they want that to happen? She's Clint is forcing Maya to confront her past and her assertion and, and her notions of what really happened that night that her father was killed by Ronan. And now she's getting a new framework for how and why and was there more going on than what she's been led to believe and what she's been told. And Again, that turns to the, to the number, her, uh, her number one, who was her, her father's number one, and why wasn't he there that night? What's going on here? Was What's the connection going to be? Uh, and Clint's revealing himself as the Ronin to Maya. Again, another, n- another nice moment as he sort of is, is, again, forced to confront his dark past. And the revelation to Maya that he is, in fact, Ronan is a big step for Clint's character as well. Because it seemed like, again, like we talked about, it seemed like a chapter he's trying to sweep under the rug. And if he is, as Yelena asserted, trying to protect his reputation, then he probably wouldn't have, have unmasked in front of Maya. A person who could easily just go to the press and be like, Clint Barton is Ronan, and he showed me, and blah, blah, blah. Again, it's a he-say-she-say say thing, but it damages his reputation. So if Yelena's assertion is correct... Again, it, it casts doubt onto a lot of people's motivations and why they're involved in 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 this story thus far. You know, are they there for the reasons they think they are, or are they being sort of manipulated by things, by by their perception of the past and by their their memory of the past? Great episode. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. It was so so much fun. Again, you got pizza dog eating pizza. Again, the Yelena, Kate stuff. So good. And by the way, I didn't I did I didn't like to mention that Kate kind of turning the tables on Yelena a little bit. By asking her to confront her information, like, well, who hired you? Have you looked into that person? What are their motivations for wanting Clint Barton killed? And it sparks the curiosity of Yelena Belova, and in a very, very fun way. And we get to see Yelena. Next time we catch up with Yelena, she's tailing Eleanor Bishop, Kate's mom, and we, we, we think that it maybe it's You know, they don't give us a lot of context for that scene, but we wonder, like, is she going to do something? against Eleanor, Or is there more to it than that? Or is she just trying to get the drop, trying to get more information, leverage against Kate? There's a, there's a lot of things to, to kind of take into question there until we get to the very, very end of the episode. And we should talk about Kate's sort of assistance with the Ronan situation because a lot goes on. Again, there's a great, a great little battle between Maya and Ronan when the, when the revelation, when Clint demasks in front of Maya. And... Again, her assertions are sort of shook by what he's telling her. Uh, again, there's a good a good use of sign language and Maya's ability to read Clint's lips, well incorporated into this episode, and, and well in the framework of, of how that character works in the comics. So I think that worked very, very nicely. And, but, excuse me, not Anne, but, but they eventually do get the drop on Clint, and he finds the tables turned, and he's in a position where Maya is about to kill him, no matter what information he had just given to her. And it is Kate that, that renders the assistance to get him out of that situation. And they make a run for it. And of, of course, Kate has to do things Kate way, Kate's way. There's no uh, super secret extraction point. No, no, no. It's just an, an Uber or Lyft waiting to take them away from the scene of the battle. Uh, again, to Clint's sort of astonishment that uh, this, this, this young person is just doing things like the modern way. And it, it sort of blows his mind, which uh, cracks me up. And then we go to Girl's house and we have pizza and we snack and everyone's having fun until we get a text. The unknown text. The unknown number comes through to Kate's phone. We know it's Jelena. She was doing She did her due diligence. She did the research. She did the background check. Found out, oh, yeah, her mom hired her to kill Clint Barton. Dun, dun, dun. And then the question, who is this? And a screenshot comes across the phone of Eleanor Bishop. With a man that we all recognize as Wilson Fisk. The kingpin of crime. Dun, dun, dun. The rumors are true. Vincent D'Onofrio returns as the kingpin. And I couldn't tell you how delighted I am by this. Again, he's been trolling Marvel fans for a little while now about how much he enjoys Marvel television shows. And, and you know refusing to answer any more questions about it. And it turns out this is indeed the case. He was he was teasing his his inevitable return to the Marvel universe uh, in a very dramatic. Well, let's talk about that. I'm glad Wilson Fisk is back. I'm glad that Vincent D'Onofrio Wilson Fisk is back. Not not the sort of revelation. It wasn't presented necessarily in the way I want it to be via Kate Bishop's uh, screen on her phone. I I would have liked something a little bit more uh, with a little bit more gravitas, a little bit more uh, drama to it as far as the revelation were to go, but still, the 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 point is given, the point is taken, and, and we know now that Wilson is back. What we need to do now is ask ourselves, what does this mean? Does this mean that the entire Netflix run of shows is incorporated into the MCU? That seems to be what a lot of people are believing, that this is the folding in of the Netflix shows into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Charlie Cox's Daredevil, the Luke Cage, Iron Fist, uh, John Barenthal's uh, Punisher, uh, you know, uh, everyone, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name. Um, you know, the alias character, Jessica Jones, my goodness, holy smokes. They're now part of the MCU, right? As they were always sort of designed to be. I think that's a logical assumption. I think that's a logical reach. But want I'm, I'm, I want to hold fast before I go full bore into that. Because I still think there's a possibility that there's there's more going on here, that that the Marvel that Kevin Feige uh, may pick and choose what elements they want to bring over from the Netflix shows. So I don't think it'll be a full incorporation. I don't think we're going to get a reference to the Defenders necessarily. You know, he said that Charlie Cox is Daredevil, so that's something. But he hasn't said that 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 uh, he hasn't said anything about any other characters. We haven't t- talked about Luke Cage or or or. Uh, uh, Iron Fist or Jessica Jones or anybody else from the Netflix shows so I, I'd like to posit another, a new notion, again maybe this is out there, maybe you're thinking this already uh, today as I record this episode, it's December 16th and Spider-Man No Way Home will begin in, debuting in theaters today uh, We are. I am going to see Spider-Man no, uh, no Way Home later today And perhaps we will get more information and we will do a review on Spider-Man No Way Home that will release on Monday. Give everyone a weekend to go see it before we talk about it and spoil the crap out of it. And we know what we're going to get in that film. It's to be, you know, again, another element of the multiverse breaking down as things bleed through from different realities into the Marvel Universe. So we have to ask ourselves, is that what's happening here? Are we getting a bleed through? Is the Netflix universe actually separate? Is this a new dynamic or is this just an mcu version of wilson fisk and not the one from the netflix shows yes the same actor probably a a similar performance probably a similar background will there be differences will there be similarities we have to consider all these things now as we get into the multiverse marvel now has the ability to pick and choose what character things it wants to keep what it wants to throw away and just write off as ah, that's a different universe it doesn't matter not related you know, is Joe Barenthal's Punisher going to be part of the MCU? I couldn't tell you right now because they haven't made a decision about what they want to do about the Punisher because the Punisher is a character that Marvel, the comic books, and apparently the studio itself are, are uh, quote unquote, resting at the moment because of the sort of uh, appropriation of the Punisher logo for militant groups and, and you know, anti government groups. Uh, so, so the Punisher's kind of taken. He's kind of cooling his heels right now. There's not being a, a, a Punisher book being published at the moment. Uh, the the character is probably being uh, redesigned or reevaluated in in some way, in some fashion. And and the MCU is probably no different. They're probably trying to decide what to do with the character now that they have all the rights back to him. I don't know. I, I think there's a good chance that 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 certain elements from the Netflix shows come over and some don't. No one else, no one will be mad if, if the Iron Fist iteration that was on the Netflix shows doesn't make it over to the MCU. Um, you know, I enjoyed the Luke Cage show, but I know it was, a, it was a show that was very divisive amongst fans. And Jessica Jones was the same way. A lot of us really loved that show, but the second season was like a little uh, not as good. And, and so, do they bring that character over? And there, again, these are characters with darker, much darker uh, iterations than what we've seen from the MCU. So, is there a place for that? And that's something that, that fans have talked about for a long, long time now. Canon, these like street-level characters, these darker characters exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it is now. And there's going to be a tonal shift in the MCU. We know that. We know it's coming. Blade's coming. Vampires are coming. More of the supernatural is coming. Doctor Strange has been hinting that for a while now. So that, that, that that's something. An, and I, I just present these options as something to keep in mind. Uh, you know, that, that it's not the full incorporation of... The netflix shows it may not be we may be picking and choosing what we get and what we don't uh, not we but marvel may be picking and choosing what they what elements they want to take and what they don't you know maybe they want to bring charlie cox over as daredevil but they don't want to bring over the actor who played foggy they don't want to bring uh the actress who played uh, uh, uh oh my gosh i just blanked the name but they don't want to bring over certain characters they want to do different things with these characters and they want to tell new stories and not have them connected to the netflix shows that's something we have to consider as a possibility. We are now in the multiverse. Characters can look the same, but they don't have to be the same. And that is something that, that we may get answers to in Spider-Man. We may get these answers down the road. You know, uh, Marvel plays it close to the vest. They, they, they keep their secrets, and they keep them well. So, yeah, like, a lot of fun potential, a lot of fun things to consider. But, yes, we have to, uh, we have to keep that in mind. One more thing, one more thought about that show, about the episode of the show, before we get out of here. Uh, Obviously, Clint Barton has run afoul of Kingpin before Wilson Fisk. He makes reference to it at the end of the show. He's the one who identifies who that character is. Uh, And again, we go back to a conversation he had with his wife earlier in the episode. And that makes us wonder a bit more about Clint's past. Uh, Because the insinuation is sort of that they're, they're, they're hiding from Wilson Fisk. So... Was Ronin active prior to what we saw in Endgame? Was there a Ronin before there was a Hawkeye working for S.H.I.E.L.D., working for the Avengers? Uh, Was Clint tied up in in affairs with Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin of Crime, prior to his time as an Avenger, prior to his time as S.H.I.E.L.D.? Was he working for Wilson Fisk at one point? Was he a bad guy like he was in the comic books at one point, and then he got put on the right path by someone else. These are things that we need answers to. These are things that I hope we get answers to in next week's season finale of Hawkeye. A lot of things on the table, a lot of things that we'd love to get some clarity to, some more information, some background to. But yeah, like, why, why does Clint's family live out in the middle of nowhere on, on this very low-profile existence? The insinuation was because of Clint's passing shield. But is there more to it than that? Was Clint an employee, an enforcer, for Wilson Fisk. Does this uh, insinuate connections to Elektra? Does this insinuate connections to other, other characters like Bullseye? I can't wait to find out. I'm really, really excited. I'm really, really uh, intrigued by what we're going to get in the season finale of Hawkeye. And I hope you are as well. Because this has been, a, again, a series that has just really delighted me. Uh, surpassed my expectations. It's, it's been extremely well written, well acted, well directed. Uh, from top to bottom, I've been just really blown away with this production and uh again I, I hope you are as well so a lot to consider going into things and keep everything in mind that i that i presented to you again it could be as simple and straightforward as the netflix shows are folded in until i see confirmation of that i i, I still believe there's possibility that marvel will pick and choose what elements they want to bring for the netflix shows over and what they want to ignore we will see we will see uh, you know, I mean, maybe next week we see the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. run around and then I'll be like, oh, well, OK, it's gone completely bonkers. Let's let's see what happens next. <laughs> but, yeah, a bang up episode, an incredible denouement, a, a penultimate episode of the season. Really, really blown away with this one. Uh, and and ooh, it made me so, so very, very happy. And I hope, again, I, I, for the millionth time, I hope you are enjoying this as much as I am. But let's go ahead and get out of here because... Oof, we got to go see Spider Man later. And there, there's so much going on in the world. And and we are just going to be blitzing you with content. So, once again, I want to thank you all for taking the time to download, listen, sup- subscribe, and share the show with your friends, family, loved ones, uh, people who you owe money to and who owe money to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember, we are on social media, Tomcast Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show at TomcastPodcast at gmail.com. My name is Tom. This is the Tomcast Podcast. And we want, to th- we want to thank the official members of Poppin' Nation for their unyielding support. Patreon.com forward slash podcast. Join the nation, gain access to some bonus content. Thank you to V. Aspen Hill Jody, the Batman of Beho, Jeff Nail. Jeff is co-host of The Ringing Ear. Check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard. The New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer. Our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista, a Pride Brewing Company. Right here in San Diego and coming extremely soon to Baltimore, Maryland. Thank you to to the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, and the Silent Assassin, he who shall not be named. Thank you all so, so much for listening. We are going to be back so soon. Spider-Man No Way Home Review coming uh, hopefully on Monday. (laughs) All right? You guys get out of here. Have a good weekend. Go see the movie. Contemplate the fate of the Marvel Multiverse as you listen to this episode, as you watch Hawkeye, as you watch spider-man this weekend take care ciao babes okay look at this who's that with my mom well that's the guy i've been worried about this whole time kingpin so the tribe drops its third straight on this trip six to one to the rangers for the indians one round on let's see one hit that's all we got one goddamn hit you can't say goddamn on the air don't worry nobody's listening anyway great story compelling and rich we're not gonna be fucking sunk this year we're the stanley cup champions